What's good? Good day. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Perfect Play, 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 the podcast that teaches you how to make your next move your best move. I am your host, C. Will, and I'm accompanied by the Leadership Council and our awesome cast here at Pier 4. Co-host, Mike, talk to him. Good afternoon, beautiful people. Good day. However you are, I hope you're enjoying. Uh, it's the good brother Mike here to join C and the Leadership Council as we embark on a inciting conversation on career, but let's see what more we have before we get there. Thank you, Mike. AJ, what's up with the marketing rep today? Hey, y'all. Just here to tell you more about Pierre Ford. You know, I love talking about it, and you know I love being a part of the perfect play. Perfect. And we're also joined by some very special guests um, today, Pierre Ford's very own leadership council. Um, for your alum out there, advisors and peer leaders, these individuals are very near to our soul uh, they're volunteers, they're professionals, and they're young and hip. And so to our young leadership council, please give the introductions of yourself and say hey to our listeners. Gordon, what's up? Hey, this is Gordon. How's it going? Hi, this is Sherelle. Glad to be here. Hi, this is Nita. Very excited to be with you. Hi, this is Amrita. Happy to be here. Hey, everybody. This is Allison. Nice to be here today. Yeah, so shouts out to our leadership council for being in the building today. So y'all know how we do every podcast episode that we do. And every time that we meet as peer forward, we love to check in. It's something near and dear to us. And so we check in at every training, every meeting, every huddle. So it's only right that we check in today. And today's check-in, we'll take a trip down memory lane for some. And for some, it happened last week. So who's going to lead our check-in today with us? All right, so I'll jump in. Let's see. Let's see what we can come up with today. Um, so our second question is really simple and straightforward. What do you remember about preparing for your first day of school? And if you can't remember that far back, if you have children, what was it like getting your child ready for school? We'll leave that up for the team to answer. Hey, this is Gordon. Um, so I was a total nerd. And uh, I had a different colored notebook for each one of my classes. I had a red for econ, blue for accounting, green for management. My personal favorite was a purple for finance. Organized, Gordon. All right. Yes, sir. Very organized, Gordon. So before my first day of class, um, I remember printing out a map of my campus and visiting each building and each individual classroom where all my classes were going to be held. I didn't want to get lost. Um, and I didn't want that to be a source of stress and anxiety on my first day. And thankfully, it wasn't because I woke up on day one confidently knowing exactly where I was going. You organized, too, in some sense. So that's, <laughs> I, see, I, see, I see a trend here. <laughs> Hi, this is Nita. So what I did was, again, in, in sort of just continuing from what Gordon and Cheryl said, it was also wanting to be prepared. So the night before, I took out all my clothes, what I was going to wear, got all my books out and to be as prepared as possible so that when you went in, I had everything that I was going to need. I'm going to piggyback off of what Nita said. Um, I remember having a lot of anxiety for my first day of school. So along with doing as much to be prepared, I also read through my syllabi and tried to figure out what exactly I was going to expect from each class. This is Allison. Uh when I think about school, and I know a lot of you listening are either in high school preparing to go to college or you're in college, and I think about high school and college, and what I remember is that it was just me, and now I'm a mom, and I'm there for my daughter because I knew what it was like to be alone, but I was tough, and, uh, and it was good in the end. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. So whether you're helping out your loved ones, whether you're getting fly or trying to figure out where to go on campus, uh, your first day of school is always impacted by the choices you make prior to. C, talk to us. Hey, man. Hey, Mike, man, I actually want to hear from you. What was your, what did you do for your first day? What, what was it like for uh, you being on campus? Yeah, so my first, to prepare, I thought I was going to get a good night of sleep. And I was pretty anxious and ended up missing my first class. So, uh, you know, don't stress and get some rest. <laughs> don't stress and get some rest. You should have been like, Sherelle, mapping out your, you know, mapping out where your class is at, Mike, so you can make it to class on time. Oh, man, that's, that's timely. That's timely. But I also got my clothes ready the night before, Anita. So I feel you on that. Ironed it out, laid it out to make sure I look right. And then I went to class and everybody was in pajamas and slides. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is a lot different than high school. So welcome to college. <laughs> so thank you all for checking in. That was really dope. Um, but today's topic of our podcast, listeners out there, be sure to comment below what you want to hear next. But today we'll focus on career path. And what does that look like? What steps did they all take as far as our young professionals on our call today? And also kind of thinking about what did they do to prepare to get to where they wanted to be. And so our special guests are going to give you all a brief introduction of who they are and why they love Peer Forward so much. And so we can start off with the man of the hour, Gordon. Thank you, Cornelius. Yes, yeah, so my name is Gordon Deans. I'm the uh, vice chair of the Leadership Council. Uh, uh, professionally, I'm a vice president in the Treasury Department of a French bank. Um, I got involved about three years ago because I am passionate about equal access to education, something that's really dear to my heart. Very happy to be here. My name is Sherelle. I am a senior associate at a large law firm in New York, specializing in employment litigation and employment counseling. I have been with Peer Forward on the Leadership Council um, since 2016, and this organization is near and dear to my heart. And education opens up so many opportunities and it's been a pleasure to serve on the council for the past four years. Hi, this is Nita Sanger. I'm the CEO of Idea Innovate Consulting, which is a strategy and operations consulting firm. I've been involved with Peer Forward now for about five years and the reason I got involved is because I'm very passionate about empowering our next generation of leaders and do everything that I can to help them be prepared. Hi, this is Amrita Narine. Um, I am almost a fourth year associate at Dwayne Morris Law Firm, specializing in estate and tax planning. Um, and I've been on the Peer Forward Board for two years now. I love being a part of Peer Forward because education is really a key to upward mobility and everyone should have access to it. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Allison, and I'm an anti-bribery, corruption, and fraud specialist. I've been on the board for at least five years now. Uh, it goes by so quickly. And I feel really strongly about Peer Forward because it's an incredible organization that helps uh, remind people who sometimes aren't in an environment um, that encourages them what kind of potential they have and brings out the strength in them to not only find the opportunities that open up their lives, but to help do the same for other people. The more time that I've spent with the organization, the more excited I've been to be a part of it. Boom, drops Mike. Thank you to our leadership council. I'm gonna start calling them the Avengers because I heard CEOs, law firms, banks, uh, that's where the money is. They, they, they're just doing great things out here in the world, y'all. So if you have any questions specifically for any of our uh, special guests on the podcast today, 
Drop them in the comments below. I'll do my best on trying to connect you all. But you can always rewind to hear these questions and the answers that they'll say in our next few seconds. And so thank you all for joining us today. I'm excited about the discussion. And so we're going to actually kick it off with our first question of the day. So listeners, listen up. Which experiences during your post-secondary journey have prepared you for your role today? And I'm going to kick this one over to Gordon. Thanks, Cornelius. Um, so I think for me, it's uh, self-accountability. Uh, you're in charge of motivating yourself and staying on course. Um, it starts when you get to college and realize that no one's forcing you to attend the lectures, to join the clubs, to seek out ways to broaden your network and, and look for those experiences. And the same mantra for me applies to my uh, professional career too. You get out what you put in. You get out what you put in. It's about how much effort that you put into something that you get out. We always talked about hard work pays off. Uh, back in high school, for me, my football coach's favorite saying, uh, but it definitely has proven to be true. So thank you for that, Gore. Mm -hmm. uh, another question I have for our special guest today is how did your earlier career choices lead you to where you are now? Amrita, I think you uh, have some good insight for us. When speaking to my earlier career choices, I would actually go back to my college days. And, you know, what Gordon was talking about was you get out uh, what you put in. From the beginning, I was very introverted and shy. So I decided I wanted to get out of my shell by joining different clubs at school. I knew I wanted to go to law school. So in my sophomore year, I had the opportunity to become the president of the pre-law society and I took it. Uh, from there, I met a partner at my current firm and I was able to get an internship. I stayed in contact and next thing you know, I'm working here full time. Um, I think that this was I feel like this was just a great opportunity because keeping in contact with people that you meet throughout your throughout your college career and afterwards are really is really the way to go. And it's those are the people that are going to help you. So Marie, that sounds awesome for as a fellow introvert. I completely understand how stressful it may be having to, to get in there, but you did it. I think something key and, and really profound that you mentioned networking and really the power of relationship building and how long and how far that can take you in your life. Um, so we're going to kick it off for our next question. What are some rookie mistakes you made in the beginning of your career that you see other rookies make now? Um, so Cheryl, if you have uh, any insight on this, talk to us, let us, let us know. What awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. It sounds like the introverts are in the house as a, as a, as a fellow introvert. One of the mistakes that I made early on as a junior attorney was not asking enough questions. I would get an assignment and out of fear of being perceived as not smart or not knowing what I was doing, I would take the assignment and just go and run with it as opposed to taking the time to ask some questions that would have made the outcome um, much, much better. And so I had to learn as I grew in my career that asking questions doesn't mean that you're an imposter. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. It, it means the opposite. It means that you care about the work. It means that you're invested and you're willing to be strategic and that you're resourceful. And so I learned that asking questions like, how does this discrete assignment fit into the overall picture? And I think when people hear those types of questions, um, they, they will want to invest in you. And so my advice is to ask as many questions as possible. Tried and true, there's no such thing as a silly question. Uh, but I think something that I want to circle back on as we lead into that, our next question is the idea of being an imposter. And I think that would really come in handy with our, our next question, which is how would you define a work-life balance? 
So what I would say is that that work-life balance, you know, people always say, oh, you should have 50-50. The one thing that I would say is at no point of time is that on a day-to-day basis, it probably is not going to be exactly that. You almost have to define what are, like if you have a deliverable coming up, then you've got to make sure you give it the extra time. If you've got a personal commitment that you have to make, make sure you give time for that as well. So I think overall what happens is you have to start making judgment calls and then actually be able to balance out what you need to do professionally with what you need to get done personally. And remember, it's okay that sometimes one may take priority over the other and it's very, very critical that it does. Yeah, I totally agree, Nita. And, uh, you know, this one's certainly more difficult during the COVID times, uh, you know, with the working from home setup. But my wife and I try to make some house rules around like meeting at the bar, which is in our kitchen. Uh, at 6 p.m. where we put some music on, put the laptops down and just really, you know, disconnect from that. And it sort of removes that feeling of always being tethered to your laptop, you know. And I think it's, especially if you love what you do, it's sometimes tough to remember to acknowledge that there are other parts of your life as well that need your attention. Thank you both for that. Nita and Gordon, I, I appreciate the insight on that. I think uh, something that, that's really profound is this idea of being able to disconnect and remove yourself and not make work your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your degree doesn't define you and being able to step away from your office, which is also maybe your bedroom, which also may be potentially your living room, right? How do you do that in an effective way? So I appreciate you both shedding the light on that. See what else we got. So we actually got another question and this one is going to uh, gear towards some advice uh, that you've have received during your time in your career. So uh, what is the best career advice that you have ever received i'm talking about the the gold nuggets that have been dropped on you um during your time at work and so we can start with allison for this one give us some gold nuggets i would say don't be afraid to be yourself don't doubt yourself don't feel like because you're not necessarily sure who you are because you're still figuring it out that you need to be somebody else you're going to have to write your personal statement. You're going to have job interviews. People talk about branding and that you have to have uh, a singular something to say. You have to stand out from everybody else. That doesn't mean that you have to be a caricature of yourself. Be yourself. Trust that who you are is really interesting and that there's an incredible amount of opportunity ahead for you being you. Check. That's 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 some real advice. You are unique in every way, and so use that to your advantage. Thank you for that, Allison. Nita, talk to so, us. So what I would sort of say, and then so I think this is this is what you're saying, Allison, is very important. But the thing that I what I learned, what the thing that was most useful that I found was that when you're trying to go into something new and may not know, just listen a lot more. As you listen, you will learn. And then, and to add what Charella said, then start asking the questions so that you are actually asked adding more value because that becomes really, really important. So the keys always be, because sometimes we tend to think, and that's why they always say, right, you've been given two ears and, and one mouth, so you should always hear more and then be able to sort of talk about what the things that you don't understand. So it's very, very critical. Listen more. And as you learn and start asking questions, that you're adding more value. Check. Thank you for that, Nita. Sherelle? Yeah, so I have a couple of things to share here. The, the first one, I would say, be creative in defining what success means to you. I think, I think that success is more than, you know, money and, and property and assets. And, um, it, you know, 
success could mean free time, having really great connected relationships and the ability to give back and awesome experiences. And so think about that when you're defining what success means for you. Um, the second thing I would say is that we should all think about the careers that engage our, our head, our heart, and our soul. So engaging your head means, is the work intellectually stimulating? Engaging your heart, do you care about the work? Um, your soul, does the work actually have meaning and will it positively impact other people? Um, and then finally, the last piece of career advice um, that I've been given that was the gold nugget for me is that you don't have to be just one thing. You can, you can be an accountant and a florist. You can be an engineer and a violinist. You can be a, a lawyer and a yoga instructor, which is the category I fall in. So find those activities, and it may be plural, um, that make you come alive and go out and do those things. Oh, man. Thank you for that. I asked for nuggets, y'all, and I got gold bars. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, our next question is, what was your first win that made you confident that you were doing the right thing? So what this uh, one of the things that I was doing is I was in sales. And I remember, like, the first thing that made me feel like I'd actually won was when I was actually able to get my first client. But it took, like, six months before that happened. You had to... And sales is never about one and done. You have to actually work, you know, understand what the client needs and then continue to sort of deal with them. And I think what it really taught me was that in some ways there's no easy wins or no easy answers. You have to put in the hard work. It's continuous. It's sustained. And then at some point in time, you will get that win. So don't ever forget that. But you have to be willing to put in the hard work. The hard work is where it's at. Thank you. Allison? I always say for me when I think about that, I have, I think when I was getting my PhD and I got a Fulbright scholarship, it was a real win, but I didn't enjoy it. And looking back, I realized that I always had to do more and more and more because when I was growing up, I didn't really have a cheerleading section. And so what I would say is for those of you that maybe don't have the support that you would want or need right now, be your own cheering section and enjoy the win. Don't discount it. When good things happen and you've achieved something, let yourself sit in the glory of having done it and, and knowing that there's more to come. Thank you so much. And so our last question today to wrap up our special guest section is how do you deal with the stressful parts of your job? Amrita, can you give us some quick tidbits? Sure. I know when I get very stressed out and sometimes to prevent getting stressed out, I create a number of to-do lists. These lists typically have action items so I can figure out what I need to do now versus if I'm waiting on information from people. Uh, I prioritize matters based on their urgency. So whatever is most most pressing comes first. Um, another thing that I find useful is to know when to ask for help. Most people are willing to help you. They just need to know that you need it. Um, so, you know, being able to reach out, especially if it's to a supervisor and just let them know that you're a little bit overwhelmed, kind of get some ideas from them about what you can do to figure this out. Or even if it's in college, you know, reaching out to your professor, letting them know where your mindset is. I think that's a really important way to to really move forward is asking for help. Thank you. And then last but not least, Sherelle. 
So picking up where, where you left off and Rita asking for help, and I think on college campuses that could take many forms, it could involve um, asking a TA for, for help or seeking tutoring opportunities or even taking advantage of free therapists that may be on campus. A lot of times we don't even know about all of the resources that exist, and a lot of times colleges and universities have free therapists that are available just, just waiting to, to be used. The other thing I will add to this is, is being intentional about um, staying physically active and being intentional about taking breaks. We're not machines. We have to, we have to recover and we have to give our, our bodies and our minds a, a chance to rejuvenate. And so those are some of the things that I do to alleviate stress, being intentional about taking breaks and staying physically active. Thank you for that, man. These were some great uh, tips and tricks that we've actually heard from you all today in discussion courses. So thank you again um, for giving us this information for free. Y'all, this is free information, man. Y'all take it how you hear it, um, but make sure that you implement it. Don't just listen to it, but start to be it, live it. Uh, so thank you to our leadership council uh, for being our special guest today, but we are not done. Next time we got our tips and hints, right? And so what we would like for you all to do is provide a tip for managing the remainder of the year. We know this year has been crazy with the quarantine. And so as young professionals, one, I hope you are doing well, but what's some tips that you can give to myself and our listeners about managing the rest of these last four months, four months to go, 2020 is almost over. Allison. I would say now more than ever, we have to be really aware of what's taking up our time because we all have so many pressures pulling at us. And one of the things that eats up so much time is the phone. The phone is not a family member. And so don't let it distract you. If you've got to get a report done, if you got to work, um, or if you need the much needed time that was just talked about to unwind and feel like a human being, you don't have to answer your texts when they come. You don't have to get on the phone whenever it rings. Uh, whoever it is, unless you have a child or a parent or a family member who's sick, um, you do not have to respond immediately. You can put your phone on do not disturb. You can turn it off. You can turn it over. Don't be afraid to do that. You need to, you need to disconnect. And it takes up so much more time than you have any idea. So to that, what I would add is that it's very important that you sort of figure out how to center yourself because we're being constantly bombarded by there's news, there's politics, there's so much negative things going on. Figure out what works for you to center yourself. It could be working out. Make sure you take care of like if it, if it helps you go for a walk, meditate, to eat, make sure you're eating healthy. So take care of yourself so you can continue to stay centered, which is so important. Adding on to what Allison said, I mean, I think also balancing your social media time. Social media has been putting us through a lot during quarantine, and I think remembering that what we see on social media doesn't always necessarily reflect the truth is important. And probably don't take your phone to bed because not only is it a distraction, but it's going to stop you from getting the rest that you need. Thank you for those tips and hints. If you didn't catch them, you can rewind. Make sure that you comment below what are some tips that you all have to finish out these next four months. And my favorite part of the show, the You Ask, We Answer, peer leaders and advisors were given the opportunity to send in questions. And so for this episode, our question comes from the great peer leader team at DTC Williams High School in Virginia. Their question is, 
are there any limitations on your personal and or social life because of the nature of your work? And we have Mr. Gordon to give us some insight. Thanks, Siwa. That's really a great question. And, um, you know, I'm actually very thankful to be in a position where I work for a company that really promotes time off and time to recharge. And, you know, back to what Sherelle was saying before, um, you know, this men- time off for, for mental health and, and just getting yourself centered is really important. So, you know, there's definitely times where you can be working late on things. But for me, it's really important to seek out a job where you're able to balance those two things. And I'm you know, very fortunate to find somewhere that does that for me. Perfect. Balance. I've been, I've been hearing a lot of balance and centering, man. Those are some tips to stay sane during these times. So thank you all for those tips and hints and for talking to our peer leaders and advisor. It is now time for our marketing interlude. AJ from marketing. AJ is marketing. She's everything marketing. Talk to us. What's happening? Well, you know, I love talking peer for us. So let's talk shop. PeerForward is an organization that is not held down for long. We have always been resilient and we're having our most resilient season yet. And that's because we're hosting our virtual workshops. Our virtual workshop season will start in October. That's right. We're just a couple of weeks away in October and we need virtual volunteers. So our beloved writing coaches, our beloved college coaches, we need you more than ever. And the reason that we need you is because our peer leaders deserve a chance to see that no matter what the circumstances are, even a pandemic, you can still make it to and through college. And so we're asking for you to join us this summer to be writing coaches and college coaches. Almost everyone on our leadership board can speak to being a volunteer. They have been amazing with their students. And I can say it is a life-changing experience. It's definitely transformative and it's just a ton of fun. So join us this October for our virtual volunteership, writing coaches and college coaches. Go ahead and apply at peerforward.org slash volunteer. All right. Check in and advisors. Don't forget. I know you're listening. Our workshop training is coming up. Want to see you in the building or can I say... Uh, virtually in the building. So thank you all for that. Advisors, peer leaders, looking forward to our, it can be our summer workshop. This summer somewhere, especially in Miami. So thank you all for that. We'll see you soon. And this concludes our podcast for today. I want to thank AJ for giving us those hints about marketing. Thank you to my co-host, Mike, Mr. New York, uh, for another eventful episode of The Perfect Play. But remember, none of this would have been possible without our experts and today's special guest, from the Leadership Council, and of course, you all, our listeners, we do this for you. If you have any special requests, anything like that, let me know in the comments below. But please share today's episode of The Perfect Play, which appears, your family, and anyone in search of a good listen. I am your host, I am C. Will, and we will see you next time. Peace out.